praise the Lord. Good afternoon. God is good and all the time. Amen. I want to thank God very much for this opportunity has given us to worship together. For many of us, this place mentored us to be what we are. So there is a lot. And when I see my brother looking at me intently, I know where we came from. We give glory and honor to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father and Creator, turn our hearts into very rich and fertile soil so that as we receive your word, which is the seed of life, we shall be able to produce fruit that lasts to your glory and honor in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. I would like to appreciate in a special way the provost for all the kind words of introduction you've given me and for giving me the opportunity to come and share in this uh, church. I also want to thank you so, so much for each and everything that you have been to us as a family and uh, as uh, in various capacities. On a sad note, I would like to extend our condolences to the families of the students of Luviriha Secondary School at Mpondwe Kasese who were massacred when I saw the images. One thing that came to me is what kind of a heart does a person have to do such a heinous despair act. These are innocent children. Innocent. Innocent in every way. I don't know what wrong they did. It, it just made my heart to begin boiling. If we are fighting for positions and power, and we are killing the very people we are supposed to be ruling. So which people are we going to be ruling over? May God give us the grace. May God have mercy on them. And I pray that God's justice will reign and God will avenge. Because what I saw, mm -mm, it wasn't exciting. Pray for the Assistant Bishop, the Right Reverend Dr. Hannington Mutebi, who has traveled to UK for another review, medical review. Pray that the healing that God has started, or started, God will bring to completion. He's a miracle bishop, and uh, we want to see God upheld in every way in his life. I'd like to thank you, Christians, for the support you continue to give especially towards the construction of the new cathedral sanctuary. And for every support you give to the clergy in one way or the other. Thank you so, so much. 
I'd forgotten to mention that uh, our condolence also goes to the family of uh, the Honorable Lady Justice Stella Arachamoko, who passed on, and all those who lost their dear ones. May the Lord continue to uphold you and strengthen you, that you'll find in him fortitude. Today is a special day. Why? Because two of the clergy who served here were sent to other stations. And these are the Reverend Moses Ahim Simwe, who was deployed to serve in St. Stephen's Church in Zambia, and the Reverend Liberty Muhereza, who was deployed to serve at Church of the Resurrection Bugulobi, Church of Uganda. And so today you are bidding farewell officially to them, and so it is a special day. So thank you for the support you extended to them, and please don't stop to pray for them and don't stop to support them. Now let me come to the crux of the matter. The topic I was given to share on is becoming an honorable vessel. Becoming an honorable vessel. And before we could delve into those, I would like us to have a common understanding of the key words. The first one is becoming, and according to the Webster's New World Dictionary, it is an adjective which means to grow, to be, change or develop into by growth. So when I thought through this, this meaning suggests that there is work in progress. There is work in progress. There is some task that is being done progressively. And it implies something wonderful has started and is moving towards the finishing point. And I would like to remind us that all of us are work in progress. Something has started in us, especially those of you who are believers in Christ. Something has started in you and God is working his purpose through you to bring that work to accomplishment. So take note of that. The second word is honorable. And according to the same dictionary, it defines it as worthy of being honored. Of all being, or rather having a position of high rank or worth. That word honorable is used as the title of courtesy for certain officials. That's why we have honorable members of parliament, honorable justices of the high court, honorable so and so, honorable so and so. The other word that is used is noble, illustrious of good reputation and respectable. I'm bringing this out for a purpose so that we develop a common understanding 
as we build the flesh on the skeleton. The third word is vessel, which means a utensil for holding something as a vase, bowl, pot, kettle. Here I want to let us know that I'm going to be using this word vessel invariably, invariably with these words, article, tool, because in the passage, that is how it should be appropriately referred to. May I also say this, that the Bible refers to God as our creator, and as our creator, he's our designer. In Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8, the Bible refers to God as the potter, and we are the clay. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So you are a tool, you are a vessel. You are a workmanship of God. The question you should ask yourself, the question I must be asking myself as I read these words is, am I living to fulfill the purpose for which God created me? Am I involved in the business that God made me for, that God called me for, that God chose me for? Whose agenda are you pursuing? Are you running after? That should be something pertinent for us to be asking ourselves as we listen to this passage and this message. So God is the potter. We are the clay. And God has all the right to shape us as he desires. God determines the purpose for every one of us, whether for honorable, stroke, noble purpose, or common use. It doesn't matter. God has a purpose for us. So are you fulfilling God's purpose for your life? God has purpose for us to do good works. Are you doing good works? Are you involved in those works? And by the way, let me bring out this. For a vessel to be used must go through a process. I come from an ethnic group that is known of uh, iron smelting. That is the cable people. And for the iron to be extracted from the ore, the degree of heat that it is subjected to is very, very high. You don't use your naked feet to get to that ground. 
you must wear something protective. God uses many things to make us vessels that he can use. If you read Numbers 31, verse 21 to 23, at times God has to subject us through fire. Fire. Some experiences we go through are processes that God uses to make us to be vessels that he can use ably and honorably. Another process we have to go through that God uses is water. He takes us through water. I, I remember a particular incident when I was going to Nebi for the consecration of the, the late Bishop of Nebi, Diocese Wathokudi. I went through the lake and in the boat there were many of us. And you know, crossing the lake, we got into a wave. And the wave lifts you up very many meters. And then you... I was the only one who was wearing a collar. Everyone was turning to me, saying, Reverend, pray for us. As if I was in another boat. <laughs> Friends, going through the water, the process of purification, is not a simple thing. And at times, God subjects us to those experiences. Isaiah 48, verse 10 and 11, talks about another process. The furnace of affliction. He can subject you through that. Not because he doesn't love you, but he wants the best out of you. Somebody actually told me that, you know, for you to get juice out of uh, passion fruit or whatever, it must be squeezed. And you'll get the best out of the passion fruit or mango juice or whatever it is. So that is the process God uses to make his vessels. As he shapes the clay, it is also a process. So may God give us the grace to know that some experiences we go through, maybe God is preparing us, God is shaping us for a purpose, his purpose, his noble purpose. I'd like to let us know that the Bible tells us of the many special people God chose to use. The first category of people that God looks at as special are the firstborn sons. How many of us are firstborn sons here? Firstborn sons. Did you know your position before God? If not, Go and read Exodus 13 from verse 12. You'll see the purpose. That the firstborn belongs to God. Do you belong to God? Are you involved in God's business as the firstborn? It also applies to the women. If in your family, all of you are girls, the firstborn has a role as a position. So, 
you are not excluded in any way. Exodus 22, verse 29, you can read that also as related to firstborns. The second category of people that God chose specially to use are the Levites and priests. The Levites and priests. Numbers chapter 3, verse 5 to 13. These are people who are supposed to be ministering in the house of the Lord. We have the reverence here, the priests. We have the choir members. We have the, the vergers. We have the assistant wardens. We have the council members. As long as you are involved in God's ministry, know that you are a Levite. And you have a responsibility and an expectation that I'm going to be talking about. So take note of that. Number three category of people are the Nazarites. These were people who were separated, who were consecrated, and they are supposed to abstain from certain things, including fermented drinks. Fermented drinks, you are not supposed to cut your hair, and you are not supposed to draw near to a dead body. Those were Nazarites. Possibly in our time, we can talk of the priests because they are ordained. The bishop has to lay their hands to set them apart. The bishops are consecrated. The archbishop is consecrated. So these are the categories of people. The fourth category are the prophets. God chose to be the bearers of his oracle to God's people. We read in the New Testament reading or the gospel reading that was given to us, Jesus chose the twelve to be apostles for a special purpose, that they will be with him and that he will send them to do what? To proclaim the gospel, to heal all kinds of diseases. When the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and the apostles, the Holy Spirit also gave gifts. And so there are people who operate through spiritual gifts. Again, that is another set of how God chooses his people to be used to fulfill his purpose and for the common good of God's people. I want to sound a caution here. At times, the only problem the prophets, apostles, or men or women of God face is that they rely on revelation. Revelation which is not subjected to God's infallible word, the Bible. Oh, God has spoken this. God has spoken that. We must go by it. But what does the word of God say? if you subject it to the authority of the scripture. And through it all, many have been confused and many are following supposedly men of God or women of God. It was interesting for me to note that we also have seers these days in, uh, 
in our midst who are supposed to foretell the future. So people go to seek for such kind of information. Can you imagine that kind of thing in our time? May God give us the grace to be careful and to be on the watch because there are so many things that are coming in in the church. We are Christians, we stand on Christian principles, but you find some have picked Jewish culture, some have picked African traditional religion aspects, and we have named them Christian. Let us watch against such. May God give us the grace to be on the watch and on the lookout. So, getting back to now the passage before us in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I want us to go through it. What is the expectation from an honorable vessel? What is the expectation? This is what the scripture says. Keep reminding them of these things, and I'm reminding us today of these things. What are these things? Warn them before God against quarreling about words. Let me pick the word quarrel. You find these days in the church, there is a lot of quarreling and bickering over issues that actually do not matter. Two days ago, I was reading about what is taking place in Shema. Seriously, do we have to fight for getting a diocese? Do we? The Bible says, make your requests known. There are procedures to follow. If they are not yet followed, let them be followed. And at the right time, things will be done. But getting up in arms and saying we are... My God, may God have mercy on us. May God have mercy on us. I don't know if we are fighting for the church or for God. Maybe we are fighting for our human institutions that we have created and we have labeled them Christian. But God is not there. So let us not, let us not be involved in those kind of things. If God desires something for you, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. But in any case, creating a diocese, is that what we should be involved in? Our mandate, as God given, is to preach the gospel. So are we preaching the gospel? Oh, we are fighting for positions. Some are fighting for positions of being a bishop. My God. Were you called to be a bishop? That you should fight. Some are fighting to become canons. Were you called to be a canon? 
Were you called to be an archdeacon? Why do you fight for those positions? May God give us the grace to understand these basic things. How about in our offices? We are making sure that we do undercut moves to bring down our superiors because we want to occupy their position. Was that your job description? In the appointment letter that you got, was that your job description? Why don't you get involved in working and doing your job as spelled out in your job description and appointment letter? Instead of fighting left, right, and center for positions that you are not supposed to be fighting because you are not the appointing authority. If somebody has been appointed in a particular authority, just work, work, do your best. At the end of it all, everything will fall in place. So may God give us the grace to understand some of these things. Number two, verse 15 2 Timothy, chapter 2. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. Do your best. In fact, the standard that God has set for us is the standard of excellence that we must aim at. So in your offices, make sure that you give your all and you give your best. That is the Christian work ethics. Giving your all, giving your best. Not seeking for a reward. you know the reward will come. So don't seek for the reward. Just do your best. Where was David when he was called to be, to be anointed as the king of Israel? Was he with the, with the brothers? No. He was in the bush. But God saw him right in the bush. Friends, no matter whatever position or status you occupy, if you are doing your best, your work will stand out. Somebody will look at you and say, I want that one there. And you will be lifted to the place where God wants you to be. So you don't have to struggle or fight over these things. Praise the Lord. A workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Handling the word of truth is another expectation from an honorable vessel. Do you stand on the truth? Are you doing the right thing? 
Because you are going to give an account of whatever you do to God. So don't think that you are serving just earthly people. No. A time will come, a time of reckoning will come when God will ask of you. You are entrusted with this responsibility to serve. Whether you are serving in public service or private sector, it doesn't matter. Are you serving God's people? Or you are there on your own agenda? And you are doing your best. You are doing the right thing. Verse 19, B. The Lord knows those who are his. Can you imagine? Tell your neighbor, the Lord knows those who are his. Now, if the Lord knows those who are his, why should you be fighting left, right, and center to be recognized. Why? If you carry out your mandate as has been entrusted to you, the God who sees will support you. So friends, God knows you. God examines you. God knows whether you are giving your best or not. And if you are not giving your best and things pass you by, don't blame anybody. Blame yourself. But if you do your best to fulfill the mandate that has been entrusted to you, no matter wherever you are, whatever level you're serving in, you will rise up. A good example is His Grace, the current Archbishop. He was a lay reader. Now he is what? He's the Archbishop. So friends, let's give ourselves, as the Bible says, holy to the work of the Lord. Maybe I need to read for us Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22 to 24, very quickly. This is what the word of God says. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Praise the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. An honorable vessel bears such a characteristic of giving his all, his best. Because he knows who he is serving. He knows who called him. So God knows you. The other thing is, 
Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. <clears throat> In Uganda, we are talking about corruption. And every time we are looking at the president, oh, the president must fight corruption. Is he seated in your office? Is he the one seated in your office? You are there in that office for a purpose. And I want to say this. If we want corruption to die out of Uganda, all of us as Christians in our various offices, if we stand on the truth and do the right thing, Corruption in Uganda will become a thing of the past. And so the responsibility is squarely on each one of us. Whether you're in public service, whether you're in private sector, whether you're in church, the mandate for us from God is to stand for the truth and to do the right thing and will stamp out corruption out of this country. There are times I look at my fellow clergy fighting, doing this and that. I wish we learned to fix our eyes on him who called us. The words of this hymn, 167, ancient and modern, speak to me. And it is based on Psalm 104. It says, Frail children of dust and feeble as frail in thee do we trust nor find thee to fail. Thy mercy is how tender, how firm to the end. Ameka, redeemer, and friend. In whatever situation, the God who created you will defend you will provide for you, will shield you, will sustain you, and will keep you, and will promote you. So you don't have to fight for positions. No, just do your work and do it diligently, and you'll see what will happen. Another song that moves me and speaks volumes to me, hymn 290, stanza 5 says, Fear him, ye saints, and you will then have nothing else to fear. Make you his service, your delight, your wants shall be his care. Delight in the service of the Lord. He will take care of everything that concerns you. 
He will. He's faithful. When he says, but first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You think he lies? Never. He's faithful to his word to fulfill. So let's delight in the service of the Lord and give your best to him. St. Paul, out of this passage in 2 Timothy, is also bringing the element of avoiding the mindset of mediocrity. The mindset of mediocrity we must deal with. If God gave his best, we must give him our best. We must not be lax in any area of work that has been entrusted to us. But we must be diligent and committed wholeheartedly. I could go on and on, but let me come to the conclusion of the matter. For us to be and become honorable vessels, we ought to remember the following. One, remember that it is God who created you and me. So we are his workmanship. We are his vessels. That's number one thing that we need to remember. Number two, we should know that God created us for a purpose. So we should commit ourselves to fulfilling God's purpose. Focus not on the reward you will get, but focus on serving as a chosen and a vessel called by God. Do not seek for promotion. Rather, let your work speak for you. Number three, avoid mindset of mediocrity and any evil or wicked mindset and action. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 states the following. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. May the Lord bless us.